When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This should be the time for the Bears to start moving up, and instead they are toiling in obscurity yet again because they can't get their act together. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. Follow us up over on Twitter, at Joe Fortenbaugh, at Chris Carlin, and... Follow the show as well on Twitter, at Carlin versus Joe. Just a little while ago, Luke Getze, the Bears offensive coordinator, was speaking uh, regarding Justin Fields, his comments yesterday, and everything that's transpired with the Bears, where Fields, in essence, said he felt like he was being overcoached a bit, and that was kind of getting in the way of his doing his instinctual things that would have resulted in, in better plays last week. And then he, of course, walked it back, saying, I'm not blaming anybody else. So here is the Bears' offensive coordinator on his recent conversations with Fields. No, I think the I think as we talk about his evolution, he's he's becoming, you know, an NFL quarterback. And I think that part of it, that experience and that style of play, you know, there's a few plays in the game that he wishes he had different reactions. And I think, he, you know, he refers to them as instincts and let his instincts take over. Right. And that is real. That is what his he has special talents. He has special instincts. And I think at the same time, when you you want to throw a route, I, you know, the, the one play that everyone kind of talks about DJ kind of clapping on the backside or whatever, because he was stuck on moon. Right. He, want, he wanted to throw that sail route to moon and moon got disrupted because he was pressed. And so he was trying to give him an extra hitch. And then it just ended up taking a little bit too long. And so that's part of their evolution. Like, you know, you give him a hitch, you think he's going to win. You maybe give him one more and then it's time to move on. Look, for Getsy, for the Bears, there is always coaching involved here. What I really wonder, though, Joe, is that when you're in this position, Aaron Rodgers is out of the division. This should have really been the Vikings' year to take control of the NFC North. They're not doing that clearly. The Bears, we're just looking for progress. We're looking for them to move forward. And right now it just feels like that's not happening, and it feels like the Bears are getting in their own way in the way they're handling fields. And this is the most disappointing aspect of all of this if you're a Chicago Bears fan because you have known for a while that the end of the Aaron Rodgers era was coming. That while Green Bay didn't necessarily win the division every single year, much like what you saw in the AFC East for the better part of two decades, New England was in control. Green Bay was in control. The division ran through Tom Brady. The division ran through Aaron Rodgers. And that's a tough spot to be in when you're dealing with something like that. So the Buffalo Bills were working on their team. They were building them up. And then suddenly, when Brady left and New England fell apart, the Bills were ready to surge through the door and take the, take the reins. Miami's doing something similar. Chicago doesn't need to be great. They don't need to win the division. But let me tell you a little something about what Aaron Rodgers did to this team during his career. He played them 29 times. Aaron Rodgers faced the Chicago Bears 29 times. He was 24-5 and five 
against the Bears. He completed 67% of his passes. He threw for damn near 7,000 yards. And then get this, 64 touchdown passes to 10 interceptions. He threw six touchdowns against you for every pick he gave your defense, which is something Chicago's supposed to be known for. He's finally gone. The division is open, and you are as bad and as dysfunctional as you have ever been. You are going to miss the mark when it comes to seizing this opportunity. Detroit's ready to seize it. Green Bay with Jordan Love might actually be ready to still contend. Minnesota's going to take a step back. But for Chicago to be the absolute bottom of the barrel with Aaron Rodgers and without Aaron Rodgers just speaks to an organization that cannot figure out how to put a legitimate big picture plan in place for how to steer this organization back to respectability. Carlin versus Joe ESPN radio. Here is David Kaplan on with us yesterday from ESPN 1000 in Chicago about how they need to proceed. You cannot bring this coach and this staff back. You cannot, you have to go out and find somebody who has proven he can develop quarterbacks period. End of story. Whoever that is like fantasy land. We were talking about on the radio this morning, hoodie and I, is, all right, the Bears have a horrific year, and the Panthers have a horrific year, and you're picking at the top of the draft again. And you take Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, and, oh, by the way, yeah, Lincoln Riley, your plane is waiting. It is fantasy land <laughs> to hope for that, and, and I get it. But when you're the Bears right now, and you are this storied organization, and Jordan Love, by the way, doesn't look all that bad, <laughs> it, you have to figure out not how this is going to take the next five years you have to figure out how you can get this right in the next 18 months to two years this is not a rip the whole thing apart with how they approach things this offseason joe this is fix it now and fix it now is get somebody to work with justin fields and don't bail out again don't bail out again with as what happened with Mitch Trubisky. Not that that was the wrong thing to do, but so many of these young quarterbacks are not put in situations to succeed. And before you throw the baby out with the bathwater, can't you at least trust what the initial talents were that attracted you to him and to try to maximize that? It's so frustrating to watch this happen with so many organizations. So frustrating. But but the guys who like the traits that Justin Fields has, they're not there anymore. It's a new organization, and that's, again, the biggest mistake that the Bears have made here. And I think they did it with the previous regime, too, because if I'm not mistaken, John Fox was the one that was around for Mitchell Trubisky, but yeah. then they got rid of him, and then Matt Nagy came in and, and, and inherited him. Like, they, they're not – the problem for the Bears is they're not even learning from their mistakes. They had John Fox's regime draft – and bring in Mitchell Trubisky. Then they fired Fox. They brought in Nagy. Nagy assumed Trubisky. And then at the end of his tenure, when he needed to get bailed out, he traded up to draft Fields. And then they fired Nagy. And now you've got Eberflus in this organization inheriting Fields. This spiral is just continuing. Yeah, they just can't get themselves organized. And, and, and at least when the Bears were respectable, they had an identity. Defense first. 
They were a defensive-minded team that was going to excel on that side of the ball, and they just couldn't figure out the offense. But they were respectable. They were in that NFC Championship game against Rodgers and the Packers, and I know it was more than a decade ago. Grossman had him in a Super Bowl, and that was the defense, not Grossman, but they were still there. Now you have no identity. If I ask you what's the identity of the San Francisco 49ers, defense and running the football, yep, that's what we expect. What's the identity of the Miami Dolphins? They're going to throw it all over the yard. What's the identity of insert team here? This team has no identity. They don't know what they want to be. They clearly stink on the defensive side of the ball. It's not what we remember from a decade, two decades ago with Lovey Smith. And on the offensive side of the ball, they're not developing the quarterback. And as a result, they're, they're, they're flaming out in that department as well. No organization in professional football has done a poorer job throughout its history at the quarterback position than the Chicago Bears. I would open that up to the phones and anybody else, Triple H, say ESPN, find me a team that has done worse over its history developing quarterbacks there is not one out there there is not a single organization out there that has done worse developing the quarterback position than the chicago there are a couple that are in the conversation who would you throw in there i'd throw i'd absolutely throw the cleveland browns in that discussion cleveland browns all right bernie kozar was a member of the browns yep all right and they also they watson's not really working out so you can't go to that department i can can throw the jets in that discussion Okay, Joe Namath, the Jets. and I know that's going back far. Yeah, but, but you, you go back and you look. Joe Namath had one good year. One, he, <laughs> he won really a Super did. Bowl. Won a Super Bowl. That's where Jimmy Bowl, would come but in. Like Joe Namath has more interceptions and touchdowns in his career. That's true. It's you know? absolutely true. But you are going to have a tough time finding. Like, who's the greatest quarterback in Bears franchise history? I'm guessing when I say Sid Luckman. I'm so you were guessing. going to the 40s, the 1940s. I'm guessing. The best quarterback that I've seen for the Bears might be Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, okay. He's the only quarterback they ever drafted that made 100 starts. They've never had another quarterback drafted in the modern Super Bowl era that has made 100 starts. 1966 until now, 57 years, they've drafted 32 quarterbacks. They have never had one outside of Harbaugh make 100 starts. Okay, with everything you just gave me. And we'll open it up at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Are there other teams that should be in that conversation with the Bears about being the worst at developing quarterbacks? Or are the Bears all atop the mountain themselves? With all of everything that you just said, if I'm Justin Fields, get me the hell out of here. Honestly. And I think that you should see younger quarterbacks who are in these situations try to get out sooner rather than later when they recognize what they're dealing with. And if your field's right now, and I, your eyes should be wide open to the situation. Not just if they had this history, but you're in the middle of it. And you can see your career getting flushed right now if you don't get with the right people. If you, and It might sound virtually dangerous in suggesting it, but I look at the NBA, I look at what certain players have done over the years, whether it was Eli Manning refusing to to play for the San Diego Chargers at the time, whether it was Peyton Manning actually going back to college because he didn't want to play for the Jets because he knew what their history was with quarterbacks. There have been guys over the years who have done this, and maybe pulling the trigger on trade demands now is not the worst thing in the world. Because if I'm Justin Fields and I have that talent, get me out of here. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if we see more players, star players, quarterbacks in the near future. I'm not going to say it happens every year, but doing what Eli Manning did, 
trying to control their future. In the era of NIL, where the player has more control than ever before, there are these rumors that players are, are, are it's a $5,000 fee to get them to visit your school. Like a star player to come to an official visit and check out the campus. You got to pay him $5,000. But there's rumors that that sort of stuff is happening now. I wouldn't be surprised if we're empowering these kids so much at the collegiate level now that when the stars come out for the next level, they take one look at Arizona or one look at Chicago and say, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. You, you, you have failed in every regard to develop quarterbacks. I'm a quarterback. I want to have a successful career. I'm not going there. I think we're going to see more of that in the future. Caleb Williams' father basically told you that could happen this coming year. Yes, sir. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio lines are open right now. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Are the Bears the worst franchise at ever developing quarterbacks, or are there others that frankly deserve to be in that conversation as well you are lighting them up we get to you in moments and the bears by the way head to kansas city in week three so naturally we're going to pick some losers in week three yeah that is on the way next carlin versus joe espn radio this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. I felt like I was kind of robotic and not playing like myself. I wanted to be honest. I wanted to be forthright with what he's saying. And then can we work through this together to get him to play free and to have him have that flow? Of six sacks the other day, four of those six are on him. In the end, unacceptable play from the quarterback. What Fields does does not align with what the Bears want him to do. And that to me is, again, taking the square peg and trying to put it in the round hole. It's asking for trouble. That's what it's doing. It's asking for trouble. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. You have got to structure it around the talents of your player. But, Joe, right now we're going to structure this around our talents because so many people pick the winners. You know what we're doing? 
We're picking the losers because that's oh, just yeah. as important as oh, yeah. the winners. Sometimes to stay ahead of the pack, you need to roll a little different. Pick giant losers. Let's pick some losers. losers. Let's pick some losers, Joe. Let's get right to it. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Uh, loser game number one. New England minus two and a half at the New York Jets. Joe, pick your loser. The New York Jets are going to lose this football game. Zach Wilson, lifetime against Bill Belichick, is 0-4, completing 50% of his passes. He only has two touchdowns, but he has thrown seven interceptions. In those four games, he's taken 11 sacks. His quarterback rating is 50.6, which is abysmal. It's the second-worst quarterback rating he has against any team in the NFL outside of the Dallas Cowboys, who he only played one time, which was that mess of a performance this past weekend. The Patriots are not... Not very good, but with Zach Wilson at quarterback going against Belichick's defense, I do not see the Jets scoring a lot of points. Nine might be enough. If Mac Jones can engineer three field goal drives, I would say the Patriots win this game, so the Jets are your loser. Listen to you. I'm with the I'm with you on this too. This just in. Zach Wilson, not good at football. <laughs> Zach Wilson, not good at football. This will be bad. And this might be what the Jets really need. If you can get a Viking loss to the Chargers and really turn it into a mess, well, then this might be what the Jets actually need right now to get them what they need, and that is Kirk Cousins. Chargers at Vikings. And that brings us to this game. It is the Chargers who are one-point underdogs to the Minnesota Vikings. Joe Fortenbaugh, pick that loser. Oh, this is a tough one. This is a real tough one. These are two bad football teams. If I got to pick a loser, I'm going to pick the Chargers as a loser. The Chargers are the more talented team, but coming on the road to face a lousy Vikings defense, if you look at the Vikings' home road splits, defensively, they always play better at home. It's it's a much more dramatic split than you would see from other teams. That crowd noise inside the dome gives them a good favorable situation where they can fire off the ball and get after the opposing quarterback. Chargers have no defense to speak of whatsoever. Jefferson could go for 500 yards in this game. That's kind of a joke, but not really. And this Charger offense is is pretty good. They're above average, but they're not great. They're paid to be great. They're not great. So if I got to pick a loser, I'm going to pick the Chargers to lose this game in Minnesota. Back-to-back road games. They were just in Tennessee. Tough travel spot here for L.A. Here's a lot of stuff that Joe just gave you that all makes a whole lot of sense. The one thing he left out, Brandon Staley, bad football coach. Give me the Minnesota Vikings to win that game. Saints at Packers. Uh, Packers two-point favorites. I fully expect the Packers to win this game handily. So your New Orleans Saints are your losers in this game. The Saints are 2-0, and and that's great. Did they resemble anything like a great football team? They don't. No. They, they, you know what they feel like? feel like they could have a chance to be bad and boring this year and that is a deadly deadly combination joe they are extremely boring and i agree with you the saints are going to lose this football game the look ahead line on this was packers minus three packers go out they lose a tight one in atlanta saints win a tight one in carolina and now suddenly the line comes off the key number of three it was down as low as one and got bet back up to two i'll gladly take the packers here it's their home debut at lambeau field this year second half of a road back-to-back for the saints they were at carolina it was a monday night game so this is a short week for new orleans the saint offense hasn't done much of anything 
They barely grinded by Tennessee. They barely grinded by Carolina. It hasn't looked impressive. Historically, Derek Carr, in his first year in a new system, does not perform well. Dennis Allen has lost two-thirds of the games he's coached as a head coach in the NFL. This is one of the fakest 2-0s in the NFL. One of the fakest. They haven't played anybody. They don't look impressive in the process. Packers win that game. Saints lose it. Titans at Browns. Cleveland, three-and-a-half-point favorites over Tennessee. Joe Fortenbaugh picked that loser. Uh, Titans are going to lose this game. Mm. Tough one. But I I love Mike Vrabel, but he does not have a lot to work with down there at all. He just does not. I mean, that the Chargers gave him that game. Yeah, I bet on Tennessee each of the first two weeks of the season, and I've won those games. But they look so bad when you need them to make plays. It's, it was more the Chargers giving that game away. They couldn't get anything going against the Saints. I think that Cleveland defense will be the difference in the game. Don't ask Watson to do a whole lot. Cleveland wins. Tennessee's your loser in that matchup. I, I don't want to see them ask Watson to do a whole lot, but do enough to look like you're improving, to look like you're getting closer to the guy from a few years ago. Don't look as bad as you have like you did the other night. Tennessee will lose this game. Uh, I am curious to see how quickly Kareem Hunt takes that job over from Jerome Ford uh, for Cleveland in the backfield. But uh, Tennessee, I I just, I don't see them winning this game in Cleveland. They're your losers. Falcons at Lions. Lions three-point favorites over the Atlanta Falcons. Can we trust the Lions, Joe? Can we trust them yet? (laughs) This is a big question because that, to me, was a bad loss last week to the Seattle Seahawks at home. They are not announcing their presence with authority. And I guess the Detroit Lions, very similar to some relationships I've had over the years with some women, Detroit Lions have to earn my trust, Joe. They haven't done that yet. (laughs) Detroit Lions will lose this game. Yeah, I would love to disagree with you. I would take Atlanta here. Atlanta is very tough to gamble on because you just watch the offense bog itself down in several key spots. Desmond Ritter doesn't play with a whole lot of consistency, and he's not very good at throwing the ball down the field. But that said, Atlanta has been well-prepared. Atlanta's been feisty. They're in these games. They find a way to, to make things happen. This Detroit team, no one's talking about it. They are suffering injuries at an alarming rate early in the season. They're losing guys all all over the field, and defensively, they're already a big liability. We didn't see it in week one because Kansas City was way down in terms of talent. No Travis Kelsey was out there. But Seattle came in and had no problem hanging 37 on you in your building uh, for your home opener when you had 10 days to get ready for that game. So I would take Atlanta here. I think Atlanta's a good bet with the points. For this segment, I will say that the Lions end up losing. Steelers at Raiders. Ah, the Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, no, no, no. Not in a week when I get to hear this. We want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. Yes, we do. (laughs) Yes, we do, Michael Tomlin. And they are going to be just that. This is a perfect week to see the Raiders lose at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers offensively don't look good so far. That's why they are underdogs in this game. I think this is a week where they could get something going. Because the Raiders secondary, the Raiders have handled the secondary poorly outside of Marcus Peters in the in bringing in the right personnel. They, you know, the, 
that really frustrates me. I, I think that the you're going to see the Raiders lose this game at home to Pittsburgh. This is the Raiders' home opener, and it's going to be a Pittsburgh home game with the amount of Steeler fans that come Always out to Las true. Vegas for this matchup. Yeah. Steelers fans travel well to begin with. Yep. The Raiders don't have a great presence here in Las Vegas. They have a great fan base that spreads to L.A. and up to the Bay, but opposing fans come in here and take over the building because it's Las Vegas. Everyone wants to travel here. I'm going to say, and I don't have a lot of conviction here, I'm going to say Pittsburgh loses this game. I'm going to say Pittsburgh loses this game. This new Raider defense, if you watch them, it's very intriguing what's happening. The, the, the good bet here, the good bet here is the under. The Raiders are running an average of 47 offensive plays per game. That is pathetic. You barely are playing offense, and that is the lowest in the NFL. They play, they're playing this bend-don't-break defense, so they're allowing you to eat them up underneath, but they won't give up the big play. So I wouldn't be surprised if you look at Kenny Pickett completions in that matchup. He's going to have a lot of completions in this game. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Did you know that Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable? Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. A lot of people, a lot of people were saying I was loco when I said Bill Belichick could be on the hot seat by the end of the season. And now... You're starting to come around, including one prominent NFL player. That's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. If you're craft in this instance, you probably feel like you backed the wrong horse. That relationship has not been great for a while. It will not be a straight firing because that's awfully difficult to do. But they'll work something out, whether it's move upstairs, consult, do something else. As long as Belichick gets his money, they will figure something out there to where he is not running that team anymore. This is going to be a disastrous season for the New England Patriots. All you have to do is pay attention to what's going on and how bad they are offensively and to what Bob Kraft said this offseason to know that a regime change is coming. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And we are not the only ones that feel this way, Joseph. Marlon Humphrey, the Ravens corner, checking in and asking about if Bill Belichick is truly elite anymore, he got into the topic on his Studio 44 podcast. Is Belichick elite or is Tom Brady elite? 
That's the million dollar question. It's looking more like Brady. I don't know if Belichick was ever daggum dirty. It, like, if this year still goes down, it's like, is that three that's been losing seasons? Mm-hmm. It's looking like some people are getting washed. Let's not get away from the idea and, and the truth that Belichick has been a great coach for his entire career. He deserves credit here, Joe. But the further he gets away from Brady, the worse this is really looking. Well, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, since Brady's gone, Brady went to Tampa Bay, immediately won a Super Bowl. So that's going to make you look good right off the top, or make you look bad right off the top. Like, Brady showed that he won with Belichick, and everyone asked, well, would Brady have won without Belichick? He answered that question right away. Belichick winning without Brady, that's a different story. He was the head coach, I believe, of the Cleveland Browns prior to getting the gig at some point down the line with the Patriots. He didn't have a lot of success there. And now post-Brady, he's 25 and 27 in the regular season. One playoff berth a couple of years ago where he was the seventh seed and lost by 30 points to the Buffalo Bills. And he drafted a quarterback in Mac Jones who he has not necessarily developed into somebody that we all view as a franchise quarterback. I think the jury's still out on that one. On top of that, last year, there was the disastrous scenario of having Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinators, and that was a one-year thing, and that didn't work out at all. So you set the organization back. So there have been a lot of questionable decisions there. But the idea that Belichick might not be elite, I mean, go back through some of these Super Bowl wins, man. I mean, let's go to the one over the Rams, 13-3. Is, is that, I'm sorry, is that Tom Brady? When they beat the Rams 13 to 3, was that Tom Brady? They had one touchdown drive in that game. That was against, the defense. Against the best young offensive mind in the game at the time. Yeah. They yeah. absolutely shut them down. Bill Belichick put an incredible game plan together. And when you go to the win over the Seattle Seahawks, who chose not to run Marshawn Lynch late, that was Belichick. Mike Lombardi, who worked with Belichick in New England, tells the story beautifully about how at the beginning of the season, the Patriots needed to work on their, I believe it was their nickel red zone defense, because you get trapped in the red zone when you're close to the goal line. You need big bodies to stop the run, but if they throw and you have too many big bodies out there, you can't cover the receivers and the running backs out of the backfield. So he, he was toying with this during the offseason, yada, yada, yada. The reality is Malcolm Butler was the answer, and he was put on on the field in that moment as they were watching what Pete Carroll was doing on the other sideline. That was a big interception. That was a big coaching move that won that game. All right, so this isn't to take anything away from Brady, but the idea that it was all Brady and Belichick's not really elite, Belichick is still one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. Absolutely, if not the greatest. And this is not taking away from the past. This is That that premise from Marlon Humphrey is really not the, the bigger issue. Okay, if you're going to take all of that away from Belichick, you are completely missing the boat. Where I am with this is where all of this is leading toward next offseason. Can you imagine what happens, how loud it's going to get in Boston if they lose to the Jets this week? If they lose Jack to the Wilson. Jets this week, it's going to be ugly. And Bob Kraft, Sunday night on that plane back to Foxborough, that's not going to be great. That's not going to be great sitting back and having a drink and realizing that you just lost to Zach Wilson and the Jets. Like, that's going to be a tough one to, to swallow. And this is where, even if they win this game, you look at their schedule. They have, I believe, the second hardest schedule in the NFL this year. Why would we think that a team with virtually no offensive playmakers was all of a sudden going to go and have the success level of winning – 10, 11, 12 games 
in a division prior to Aaron Rodgers' injury that you would say is stacked, but the opportunity is still there, and they're not close. I think a lot more people take the Jets more seriously than they do the Patriots right now. That's an interesting question. I don't think anyone views the Patriots as a contender. We've tried to make the case that if the Jets go out and bring in Kirk Cousins or if the Jets figure out the quarterback position, they can still contend. No one believes the Patriots can contend. They haven't looked very good this season. To your point, you lose this game to the Jets. Zach Wilson, lifetime 0-4 against Belichick. Two touchdowns in those four games, seven interceptions, 11 sacks, 50% completions. He has been horrific against Bill Belichick. If Belichick loses to Wilson... That's when you really start asking, has he lost his fat fastball? Has he lost his fastball? Losing to the Eagles early in the season, that's no big deal. The Eagles are a good football team. You know, losing week two, who did they lose to last week? What was the uh what do you call Miami, it? Uh, right? Was Miami. it Miami? Yeah. All right, Miami yeah. beats them on Sunday, Sunday night, night football. All right, they hung in there a little bit. Miami's a very good team. You lose to the Jets. And and that's that's where you start asking, who can you beat? Right? Who can you beat? Because you used to own Zach Wilson. If you can't beat him anymore, who can you beat? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. It is Thursday, and at the same time every Thursday, it is the Hembo Hammer. You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge. Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's Hammer Time. This is the Hembo Hammer. It's It's amazing to hear him say, what's up, boys? It's Hammer Time. Just so, so smarmy. Is that the word swarmy? Smarmy? Smarmy, yeah. What's up, boys? It's like, it's clear you just, he's looking to stick it to us. But he's been good at it. He's gotten us, he got us last week, first week under protest. He got me uh, twice. And you, you know, raising your little semantics arguments. Okay, whatever. I had a better answer. I I improved upon his question and I gave a better (laughs) answer. That's what I did. (laughs) That's not the task. All right, here's this week's question. All right, boys, it's hammer time. My question for you this week is this. So Jalen Milrow lost to Texas earlier this month, and some are picking Bama to lose again on Saturday. It raises this question. Who is the last Alabama quarterback to lose twice in the same calendar month? The last Bama quarterback to lose twice in a month. Ooh, that's an interesting question. Same calendar month. Does that mean it has to be both in... In September or October, or could they have lost inside of four weeks? No, that's he literally. I'm pretty sure he's literally saying calendar month, meaning okay. October. You can't have lost, you know, two games in eight days, but it's October 31st and November 7th. Okay, I, I that's that's how I'm interpreting it, Evan. We've had problems with this guy before. No, that is the correct way to read it because if you were to say the term a calendar year, that would mean from January to right. December. Right. Okay. I'm just trying to avoid the pitfalls that we've had, yeah. that, according to Joe, back in week one. All right. So there we go. So ruminate on that. The last Alabama quarterback to lose twice in a calendar month. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. The answer in moments right here. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. the answer to this week's trivia question oh i love trivia what's up boys it's hammer time this is the himbo hammer 
That it is. We got the question right before the break. We'll repeat it for you right now. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. On your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. Follow us on Instagram at that guy Carlin at Jay Fortenbaugh. Here is the question. Who is the last Alabama quarterback to lose twice in the same calendar month? The last Bama quarterback to lose twice in a month. Okay, now my initial inclination, and this is the answer I am going to stick with here, was Greg McElroy, currently an employee of ESPN, who, of course, does games and such. Uh, Greg McElroy, would, so that would have been circa 2010-ish. Yeah, now, you're going I back might, a ways. I am going back a ways. I might be going back too far, but I'm going to go Greg McElroy on this. What about you? I always feel compelled to start with the disclaimer. We do this above board. This is fully honest. We don't check okay. anything. Nothing. We don't fully check. honest. We don't get the question until the end of the previous segment. We right. hear it there. We talk a little bit during the break, but we're not sharing ideas. We're just giving our thoughts, and then no one says anything. We come on air, and we put it out there. Right. I'm not positive he lost twice in one month, but I'm going to take a shot with Tua Tungavailoa. Because if you go back to the year that LSU won the national championship under Joe Burrow, Burrow and the Tigers in November, which is when they play Alabama, they went to Tuscaloosa and they hammered the tide, hammered them. And after that point, everyone focused on LSU. No one cared about Alabama because Bama's season was done. They weren't going to go to the SEC championship game because they're in the same division as LSU. I'm not sure it happened, but I think... If memory serves me correctly, Bama later that month lost to Auburn. They were just flat in that game and they got caught. So I'm going to say that it was Tua losing to LSU and Auburn in the month of November. I don't know what that was, four or five years ago. Okay. The only other one that caught me up was 2013, which I think would have been A.J. McCarron when they lost the kick six game. Mm. But I'm but not going to lose to LSU. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, sticking, I'm sticking with Greg McElroy right here. All right? All right. Are we ready for the answer? We are. The correct answer is Greg McElroy. Oh, he yeah. lost to LSU and Auburn in November of 2010. That is correct. Woo-hoo-hoo. Nicely done. Nicely done. As you can see, done. I am a gracious winner. That's right. You now, should not be. You should just stick it to him in every which way. You should get on Twitter right now with memes and jokes of you as this big hulking Adonis and Hembo as this ant you're stepping on and crushing <laughs> with your answer today. I'm going to be honest. Part of me is not happy for you. I really wanted to get that right. I Just full disclosure, I'm thrilled the show, we as a show got it right. Not happy it wasn't me. Yeah, I listen, I get it, but Damn. you've got one because of technicalities and such, and I've got one. <laughs> very clean. May have argued my way into one, but still, no one's going to really side with me on that one. <laughs> Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And right now, I am just We this. want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fat and sassy. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling right now, baby. Uh, Joe, speaking of fat and sassy, hang or, on. the uh, Oregon Ducks hosting the or hosting the. Colorado uh, Buffaloes this week. And I'll tell you what, Colorado is getting 21 points in this game. 21 points in this game. Oregon ranked 10th in the country. And your inclination has Wait a been... minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Evan, is this what you... If I, am I looking at what you were about to say? Yeah, so LSU beat Alabama on November 9th. On November 30th, 
Auburn beat Alabama. The problem is, in on November 16th, Mississippi State game, Tua had the hip injury, didn't play the rest of the season. Mac Jones started that game against Auburn. So oh, you got to be right, kidding you me. You were on the right track in the same month. Alabama did lose twice. They had two different starting quarterbacks. You got to be kidding me. As soon as you said that year, I was like, ah, he's on the right track, but it's, it's, there's a no, technicality. I, no, no, no. On the right track doesn't count as being right. If Tua didn't play, that was the question, and I got it right. Yes, you did. Are, are, we, are we clear? Yeah, we're clear. We've already we're not established get that. Into semantics what, again what, about how what part you of this, screwed. What part of this do you take as us taking away your victory? No one's even talking about you at the moment. Well, I'm no, just highlighting the fact that I did. Here. I did nail those two losses in the same month. I forgot that Tua got hurt. Feels like the gist. It feels like the gist of the question was when was the last time Alabama lost two times in the same month? Well, I got a whoa, that's what it feels whoa, 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 like. Whoa, right there. And that was the, the question. The gist of the question was, who was the last quarterback for Alabama to lose twice in a month? But what was the so reason you he was break asking up and, and t- tear up the flow of the show yeah. because you all of a sudden feel like you've gotten hosed again I, for the second time in three weeks when the big fella got the whole thing spot on right from the get-go and there are no technicalities. Yes, I'm going to feel a way about yeah. it that maybe you were t- trying to take away my shine. I think the point Hembo was getting at was we saw Alabama lose a couple weeks ago to Texas. They could lose this weekend. Uh, Milrow this, other quarterback that, who knows. The fact is Bama it could lose twice in a month. When was the last time Bama lost twice in a month? I gave the answer of 2019, which was when they lost to LSU and Auburn. I feel that my answer was quite strong. It's going to be up there. It's going to be two. We're going to call it a dual win this week. No, we both no got we're it. not. This was yeah, the question. This is the last I'm, Alabama sorry, quarterback that. to lose twice in the same calendar month. Yeah. The last Alabama quarterback to lose twice Alabama. in the same calendar month. I'm going with Alabama, and I nailed it. So, Who is the last Alabama quarterback to lose twice in the same calendar month? Thank you. That was the question. And what was the answer? The correct answer is... Greg McElroy, he lost to LSU and Auburn in November of 2010. Now, here's the problem. This is a team game, and Hembo didn't say starting quarterback. He just said quarterback. (laughs) So the reality of the situation here is that every quarterback on the roster in 2019 lost both those games, whether they were injured or not. Tua was the starting quarterback in 2019 of the LSU loss, yes, but he was still an Alabama quarterback That month, November 30th, when they lost to Auburn, he did not say starting quarterback. He did not say active quarterback. He said, who was the last Alabama quarterback to lose twice in the same month? Now, it's a tie because Tua wasn't the only guy on the record or on the roster, excuse me. So it's Tua and all the other quarterbacks who lost in that month of 2019. So I'm only partially correct. And being humble and gracious like I am, I'll accept that. But I'm still right. Carlin, what I do you say a, about that? I got an important question for Carlin here. Joe, you can listen. Carlin just got worked. How is Joe married? Like, he, if he can admit I'm Great wrong, question. how has this guy been married for as I'll, long as he has? I'll give you the secret. I'll give you the secret because I get all of it out here. This is my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Clearly. not allowed to do any of this. Actually, when I step outside this home studio, I am not allowed to do any of this. Yes. 
uh, clear, clearly you have to take out a lot of this aggression <laughs> on the rest of us when you feel like you've yep. been wrong. And even in a case like this, what's really evident is all the other times that you are wronged in arguments that may take place out of the radio show, if you know what I'm saying, that uh, perhaps some of that carries over, some of that anger, some of that energy carries over to here when it turns out you are wrong. This is and my you just choose not to acknowledge it. This is my this is my therapy. This is my the Hembo Hammer is also going to be known as the uh, Fortinball's Freudian moments. <laughs> <laughs> Working title. We're still we're still going to we'll clean that up. So like but six, hey, seven quarterbacks was the answer. That's what we're settling on. Hey, he asked which t- which quarterback. He didn't say starting quarterback. I have a legitimate gripe here. I, I don't think you do have a legitimate gripe. Put it out to the people. I'm not taking calls on this. <laughs> not in the least. No calls. No chance. No chance. You know, by by that uh, argument on your part, Blake Barnett deserves to be a correct answer there. Yes. Who is the fourth string quarterback on the 2019 Alabama Crimson Tide. Dear God. You lost. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.